I think also niching down doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do anything else. Like when I think of niching down or like having a niche, I think of like what I output publicly and how I present myself. Like I present myself as a web designer for small business owners, but in my spare time, I occasionally do some hand lettering or I make it like I'm doing a magazine as a side project. Like it doesn't mean that I can never do those other things. It's just that is how I position myself. Like I position myself as to my niche, but for sure I still explore other areas of design in my spare time. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Charlie. And I'm Femke, and welcome to episode 35. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about creating a niche for yourself. So Charlie and I both have our own audiences, and through that, we've each sort of created our own niche, I guess you could say. And uh, if, if you're not sort of familiar with what a niche is, or I guess if you're American, you probably think we're saying the word niche very strangely, because I think... <laughs> They say it niche there, maybe? Yeah, I think you're right. But let's not do that because I think that sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, same. So let's stick with niche. Uh, but if you're not familiar with what that is, that's basically creating a very specific audience for yourself. So rather than sort of targeting or talking with a large group of people or, or I guess a range of people, people from different backgrounds and with different interests, uh, Defining a niche is about finding a very specific group of people that have a specific interests or specific demographics or any of those kind of things and sort of targeting your messages to that group of people. And this actually came in from a listener, Camilla. Uh, She sent us a tweet and she asked, my background is primarily in print, so what can or should I do to move towards digital, web and or motion design? So that's kind of spurred this episode about sort of creating a niche and deciding where your audience focus is going to be. But first, our weekly check-in. It's been a little while. Charlie, you've had a whirlwind time in the States. So how was that trip? It was absolutely amazing, honestly. Last year, VidCon was the highlight of my year, and I think it's going to end up being the highlight of this year as well. I do have a vlog coming up about it. Next week, I think I'll be able to get that edited by. I want to make sure it's, you know, something I'm happy with. And I'll be writing a blog post about the experience as well. But yeah, so much to share. Like I could talk about it for this whole episode and we would not be done with everything I have to say, to be honest. I do have one thing funny to share, though, from uh, the trip. I was hanging out with my friend Hannah, who is a design student in Germany, and she said that she loves listening to our podcast and she loves when we say weekly check-in because with our accents, to her it sounds like we're saying weekly chicken, as in the animal. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. How cute. I know, hilarious. And I told her that I had to share that with you on the show because I just think that <laughs> is hilarious. But I love yeah. it. Anyway, since I've been back, I've actually had some tough news that we have to leave our flat, which is a real shame because I absolutely love living here. And flat hunting in London is, honestly, it's a nightmare. It consumes all of your time and it's such like a competitive market to be in, to be looking for a flat. So that is going to overtake my life this month, which unfortunately means that my workshop that I've been talking about for a few episodes is going to have to be postponed, which I'm really sad about. And it's a tough call to make, but you know, I've got to have somewhere to live. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that sounds like a super tough decision to make, especially like I know how much you value commitment and, you know, you don't want to disappoint people, but, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and, you know, occasionally there are other things that are more important, like having a place to live. Like that's a pretty important thing in life. So I'm sure people will understand Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, I think we've talked about in a previous episode about, you know, how do you decide what to do and what to focus on? Prioritizing probably was the episode. And I ran through the list, like as soon as I heard this news, I went went into action organized mode because that's what I do. And I was like, okay, what have I got planned for this month and where can I find the time? Because generally I will fill up all my time. You know, that's just what happens. I don't leave great chunks of it spare for things like surprise flat hunting and yeah unfortunately the workshop was the one thing that I knew that I could do without you know there's other things commitments I've made uh, that have to continue and things like my regular content that I definitely don't want to put a hold on so yep unfortunately the workshop is the poor cousin in this situation and I will focus on it a bit later on in the year Anyway, though, enough about me. How has your week been? (laughs) My week's been pretty good. I feel like I've been doing a little bit of, I guess, soul searching. But, ooh, yeah, I don't know. Like, for anyone that sort of follows me on Snapchat probably saw my stories about it. I just have been feeling a little bit, like, sort of questioning what I'm doing and why I'm doing and sort of making sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons, you know? Like, I feel like it's very easy to fall into a trap of being like so focused on a goal and just like doing everything you can to get there, but not necessarily for yourself. Like I sort of felt like I was getting to the point where I was, you know, potentially putting out content that wasn't really me or wasn't really what I truly represent or didn't feel like it was a good representation of myself. And I felt like I was kind of just putting it out there because that's what everybody else does. So I kind of had this week of like, you know, just stepping back a little bit and like reevaluating my priorities and why I'm doing this and why I'm doing it for me and why I enjoy it and making sure I kind of stay true to those things, I guess. Do you know what? I went through exactly this with my YouTube channel, like perhaps after about nine months to a year of oh, really? uh, doing it. And I found, I was like, hang on, what am I making? Like, am I just doing this because I've seen other people doing it and I feel like I should be? Or is this yes. actually the stuff that I want to make? So do you know yeah. what? I think that's just a normal part of creating content regularly. You get on this train and you just keep going, 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 and eventually you're going to hit a place where you stop and question yourself. And I think that's good. I think it's good to check in with yourself and make sure that, you know, you're aligned and you're doing things that you want to be doing. Tough, though. It is tough. And I guess it, it probably plays into the fact that I am reaching the one-year mark of producing this content and so I guess it is a good time anyway to sort of check in and reevaluate and sort of look at the progress of the past year and yeah I guess evaluate whether it's worth it or whether you've actually enjoyed it and yeah move forward with those new revelations I guess. Yeah it makes sense. So speaking of your content what is your niche? Can you tell us a bit about it? Uh, you know who you aim for with your content and also with your design because I think that there's two different audiences there would you agree with that like there's two different niches for your content and for your clients I suppose yeah totally well first of all like 
my design is for my clients and then my content is more for my audience. And those are definitely two different groups of people or two different niches, I guess you could say. And, you know, I was thinking about this before the show because I knew that you were going to ask me this question. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I'm going to be honest and say that I'm still figuring it out. Like I've been putting out like different types of content lately. And by that, I mean, like they're all still blog posts, for example, but sort of on different kind of topics. Like I've been doing posts that are really focused on freelancing or like practical design posts, or at the moment I'm working on a practical one about like email automation and marketing stuff. And then we've got some development posts as well. And, you know, those are like very broad, like they cover a a wide range of different type of people. And I've been doing that on purpose to kind of find like where my comfy spot is and like which ones I enjoy doing, which ones I don't look forward to writing as much, which ones kind of stick more or resonate more with people. And I think I'm slowly starting to get to the point where I'm like finally defining it, but it's still quite a journey for me at the moment. I think your niche is a lot more targeted than you think it is because putting out content about development and design is already very focused. You know, that's already choosing a specific type of creative that you're going after, you know, you're not talking to people who design wedding invitations, for example. Like, I don't think that is your audience or like, you know, the person you have in mind when you're creating your content. So even, I think it's a good thing that you feel like you've not got a niche yet because that means that you want to get even more targeted and more specific. But I do think you definitely do have one already. Yeah, I think if I had to like choose one right now, like ideally, I, yes, would, you do. <laughs> uh, I would love my niche to be something like, you know, motivated creative people that have side projects or something or like people that want to do more than just, you know, go to a nine to five or something, which still sounds like kind of broad. So I need to figure out a way to like really niche that idea down and, yeah. you know, figure out what exactly those group of people are. Yeah. And what about for your client work? Because I feel like your studio, you know, you aim to work with a certain type of client, right? Yeah, so we definitely target sort of small business owners. So the type of things we'd like to do, maybe a new website for a local restaurant or a hairdresser or maybe someone that's, you know, a small startup that has a, a new tool coming out or some software and they need a marketing page or a landing page for that. So that's kind of the clients that we would, really like to work with we're still sort of building those relationships and trying to figure out how we can position ourselves to appeal to those type of people Uh, because especially those sort of really small business owners like the restaurant owners and the hairdressers and stuff you know they're not necessarily spending all their time online because they're you know in their business on the on the shop floor yeah they're actually doing the thing (laughs) yeah rather than you know people in tech or software that are you know online all the time So that is definitely a challenge in trying to figure out how we can reach that niche and sort of resonate with them and, you know, show them the value of having like a modern website. I'm sure you see a lot of restaurants these days that still have a restaurant site that looks like it's from 2005 or something. Oh, yeah. Or it's in Flash or something like that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Very common. What about your niche for your content and, and design work? For my design work, I don't really think I have a niche at the moment. I have a niche that I want to go after, but because I don't do a whole lot of freelance, I don't really target a certain person with that right now. 
my design career at the moment is more focused towards tech, but and I, I suppose that's a niche. I suppose that's a niche in design work because we have to remember that a niche isn't always an audience, I suppose. It's a, a focus, right? It's the type of work you do. It can also be a niche. So if, for example, tomorrow uh, I needed to get a new job, I would look for one as a marketing designer at a tech company probably. So I suppose that's my niche when it comes to design work. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely how I would consider you. But I also think of you in the terms of like uh, apparel design and lettering as well because of your liner note kids. And Oh, that's good. The The audience of your liner note kids is a completely different niche, right? Yeah, I would say that's more the audience for my apparel company is more in line with the audience for my content in a way. So people who love music, uh, people who love design, people who enjoy, you know, well-considered things, I suppose. When I make YouTube videos, the person I have in mind is someone who is just studying design. Maybe they're in design school, maybe they're teaching themselves, but they're starting out in their like design journey and they're wanting to soak up all the knowledge they can and they're really passionate about life and passionate about the things they're doing. That's the type of person I have in mind when I create my content. And the interesting thing about niches is I don't think I have that many of, you know, that exact person watching my content. But just because you go after a certain niche, it doesn't mean that other people aren't going to listen or read or watch as well. You're going to pick up other people who are interested in perhaps a tiny part of that niche, but they're not like in it completely, or perhaps they're interested in that sort of thing, but they're not really, you know, doing it themselves. I have a lot of people who aren't designers, but they enjoy that sort of creative content. So they watch my videos, but I'm not going to target it to people who have a vague interest in design because that would weaken my content. So if I keep this person in mind, this, you know, uh, new designer, young designer, then I can make sure that my content appeals to them and by default it'll appeal to other people as well, like on the sidelines. And that's why I think that you shouldn't be scared of having a niche because it doesn't mean you're only going to get that type of person, right? I feel like that's a fear that a lot of people have with, with niching down. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think a lot of people are afraid of putting themselves in a box and sort of yeah. defining that niche. And I don't know. I, I think I agree with you. Like just because you are appealing to that niche doesn't mean you're not going to attract a wider audience, but it does mean that the people who are in your niche are really going to get the value from what you're providing and they're really going to resonate with the messages that you're putting out. And so they're much more likely to be heavily engaged compared to if you like, for example, if your YouTube videos were like super broad, people probably aren't going to come back because they're like, oh, well, her videos are really random each time I go there. So not really sure what her deal is. So I watched this one video that was great, but, you know, the rest don't really appeal to me. That's exactly what I had when I first started my channel, actually. I was doing a much more like random range of videos. I did a lot of beauty videos. So like every month I'd talk about my favorite beauty products that month. And that just wasn't relevant for the type of person that I had in mind like I, I think that it harmed my other content by doing that like it weakened my design content and made me seem less of an expert because of it not that design and beauty can't go hand in hand obviously but because that you know I didn't have a focus and I wasn't picking one thing to focus on it weakened it all 
it, you know, I was trying to do too much in a way. So now, even though I still do videos about like fashion, for example, I think that aligns much better with design. And because I can, it gives me a chance to edit the video in a cool way, you know, make some, do some really creative editing and some cool shots and titles and things. I think it can still align, but yeah, videos that I did where I was just sitting and talking about my favorite lipsticks that month, it just didn't fit with my content. And yeah, my audience growth is definitely improved since I focused my content a bit more and really paid attention to this niche I was going after. That's exactly what I was about to ask you is have you noticed any difference or improvements to your audience like engagement or how many people are discovering you since you decided to you know define your niche a bit more on your channel? Yeah definitely I mean I think that like growth is always growing for lack of a better word so it's hard to tell exactly when things change because it's little incremental changes right that all add up in the long run but I've definitely been getting more of the right type of audience since I focus my content more so when I first started making videos my design videos would actually get much less views and I'd get people unsubscribing when I posted design videos and that was obviously disheartening because that was the reason I wanted to be on YouTube was to talk about design but As I focused my content more and made it apparent that this is the type of stuff I want to make, this is the audience that I want, and if you enjoy this sort of thing too, then you should stick around, and if you don't, that's cool, you can leave and find what you're looking for elsewhere, because there's plenty of other channels on YouTube, and I, it was hard to get out of the mindset that I had to appeal to everybody, you know, like you want everyone to Mm -hmm. like you, and you think, Mm -hmm. well, the more like mass appealing my content is, the more views it's going to get, but actually... The, you may get more views, although you may not, because people don't really know what your thing is and what your focus is, so why should they give their focus to you, you know? But your audience is going to be much more engaged and much more valuable if it's a niche, because you're going to know them better, they're going to know you better, and you can build a better relationship, I think. Yeah, it's like that sort of saying or mantra, I guess, of the fact that like I'd rather have 100 Instagram followers that are all super engaged and you know, really represent my niche than like 10,000 like random people who just like spammy followed me, you know? Yeah. Or just followed you because they liked that one photo one time, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you've kind of transitioned from sort of, I guess, not having a niche or having a really broad niche to having a very targeted niche for your YouTube channel. And like, how did you do that transition? And I guess this kind of ties in with Camilla's original question about her wanting to move from print to digital how do you do that how how do you make sure that you're still maintaining your content I guess like I mean worst case scenario when you started making that transition you could have lost all of your viewers like everyone could have been like okay so she's changing her tactic I'm just gonna leave you know what if it had happened it would have been all right because I'm not on YouTube to make beauty videos that wasn't why I started and I was doing it because I was seeing a lot of other people doing it and I do enjoy talking about makeup and you know that sort of thing I that's just something that I like but it's not the type of content that I want to make and it's not what I want to be known for like it's not what I want to put all my efforts into so it would have been like a shallow victory I suppose to grow an audience based on that for me because that just wasn't what I wanted to do and it it's hard to spend your time doing something that you don't love 
And with YouTube, with making any type of content, really, you do have to pour your heart and soul into it and you spend a lot of time on it. It consumes a lot of your life. So if you're not, you know, putting out the stuff that really fulfills you and that you feel is really valuable and, you know, you're getting feedback on it from the type of people who you are hoping to reach and having those types of conversations you are hoping to have with people, it'd just be so hard to continue. So finding a niche for me was not only about uh, my content and building the right type of audience for it, but it was also for me and to help me keep going with making content. Like it's really helped with that too. Yeah, I find the same for me that having like a niche in mind or I guess visualizing who your audience is has helped me decide what content to put out. Like it sort of helps me to decide, you know, will they find this interesting? Is this helpful for them? Is this providing value for them? And I sort of also actually ask them that in the form of a welcome email. So when people subscribe to my list, I send them a welcome email and it asks them a couple of questions about, you know, what are you struggling with? What kind of content would you like to see addressed on the blog? And that's super helpful for me because it, it gives me ideas and it's like a nice little check-in to make sure that I'm still providing the you know right type of content that my niche is actually interested in. Yeah, that's cool. And it obviously make them see you in a better light as well because they'll know that you actually care about you know what, what they want to see and why they decided to subscribe to your content. Yeah, I think it's easy to get caught into just like publishing for the sake of publishing you know like just putting content out without really thinking about why you're doing it or what the purpose of it is and who it's actually going to attract or or reach and I've had that in the past like I might start writing a blog post and I get halfway through and I sort of think you know this is not like this is something that I personally am interested in but I don't think it's going to be valuable for anybody else and so kind of doing that like mental check-in I think that's important too. Yeah, definitely. And I think it helps to it helps your content be stronger when you can have a particular person in mind when you're creating it. And it's like that uh, bench post you can always come back to and think, hang on, is this person going to like this? Does this fit with the rest of my content? And if, it, if that person is going to like it, then it will fit. It's a good, yeah. Is bench post the right word? Measuring stick, maybe. I don't know. Measuring stick. Benchmark, <laughs> maybe? Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what I was looking for. <laughs> so obviously it seems like we both think it's very important to have a niche. And I think I touched on a couple of reasons why it's been important for me. Uh, any more reasons to share why you think people should should think about a niche and why that's something you're actively working on defining more? I think a niche helps you grow. And I don't necessarily mean grow in terms of like growing your follower count or like growing your audience I mean also like personally like your personal development if you sort of define a niche and you know put out content based on that niche then you kind of end up well if you do it for long enough then hopefully you'll sort of end up becoming known for that thing and I think that can help you grow in like so many different ways like soon people might start looking up to you Charlie as like the design YouTuber or something and that can lead to a lot of other opportunities and it also lets you help people like people might come to you asking and I'm sure they do come to you asking questions about design and design school and design tools oh yeah all the time how it started yeah and like I think that's really awesome like I think that's a great achievement to be in that position where 
you know, people respect what you're doing and people come and ask you questions about that particular topic and come to you for help. And I think I think that's very rewarding and I think that's great for your personal growth and it's a nice way to sort of give back as well and help others. Do you know what something else I want to add about defining a niche, particularly in terms of design, is that it helps people see you as more of an expert. And this kind of goes into the jack-of-all-trades conversation that perhaps we should save for another episode because I think we could both have a lot to say on that, right? Jack-of-all-trades, master of yeah. none. Yes. Or like unicorn designer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you want to get business cards designed, for example – do you go to someone who offers, um, oh, I don't know, all the different types of design? They design apparel, they design websites, they design business cards, they design wedding invitations, they design shopfront signs, you know, all of this stuff. Or do you go for someone who is passionate about designing business cards and who, you know, promises that the business cards they design will help you stand out in the market and will help you, you mm-hmm. know, get people getting in contact with you because this is what they focus on and this is what they do. I think it's a no-brainer, right? And this is why I'm wanting to – I'm trying to align my content more and bring in music more because I really want to go after some uh, music freelance clients. So I want to be seen as an expert in that field. And I know I've got a long way to go to get there because also I'm working towards it very slowly. But – you know, that that's something that I'm actively thinking about when I'm producing content is because I'm trying to align it to the type of clients that I want to get. And I think with your small business clients that you're going after, the content that you put out about freelancing, etc., is really going to help with that too because they'll see that you are, you know, you're a businesswoman, you're running your own business and an entrepreneur and you understand the situation that they're in because you're doing it yourself, they're doing it themselves and you can, you know, align better because of that. Yeah, I think that's a great reason. And that kind of makes me think of the niche of icon design, Mm -hmm. which up until like a year ago, I didn't really know it was a thing. Like if I wanted an icon, first I would probably just get one off an icon website. Or second, if I wanted something custom, I'd try and find an illustrator or something. But I've since learned that icon design is a niche and there's actually people out there making a living from designing icons and I think that's one great example of like how how deep you can get into a niche and be so specific and thus be so successful because it's so specific you know I think that I want to advise Camilla you know we read out her tweet at the start of this episode and she was saying that she wants to move from print towards digital slash web and or motion design I think you need to pick one. I think digital and web can go together because they're sort of the same thing. You know, the web is digital and being a web designer, you often are required to do other things as well that, you know, uh, digital graphics to accompany the website, etc. But adding in motion design, I think it could be a supplementary skill to web design when it comes to interactions and things. But if you're going to be doing like motion graphics, for example, I don't think you should offer yourself as a motion graphics and web designer because yeah, then you're not, an expert at either of those two things and people aren't going to know which is your main strength you know you have to tell them exactly yeah totally like if you do both of those things then you you know people are going to assume okay so you spend 50 50 time on each one but if you just do one then you know you're you spend 100 percent on that one thing so you're already twice as good as you would be if you were doing both web and motion 
So I, I agree. I think if you're super targeted on one specific skill or one specific area, people are going to see you way more as like an expert or a professional in that particular field. I think this could be quite a contentious topic because I know there are a lot of people who do like to do everything when it comes to design, you know, or at least a couple of things. But yeah, we should definitely talk about that in a future episode. So if you've got questions or thoughts to share on this topic of being a jack of all trades, please tweet them to us at Design Life FM. One thing I want to add too about um, picking one direction and picking a niche is I think that you need to go further than just being, I'm a web designer, right? Like you're doing, I think you need to say, I'm a web designer and I create websites for small businesses. Like this is my strength. So if you're a small business, come to me. If you are, wait, what's something that's not a small business? <laughs> If you're a giant a tech company, yeah, if you're a giant tech company or a corporate, don't come to me because our working process isn't going to align together and neither of us are going to enjoy working on the project. And it's okay to take that risk and take that leap and pick a direction because the small businesses are, are going to feel even more attracted to you because of it. You're not some random web designer who does everything. You are a web designer for them and they'll know that they've come to the right place. That's such perfect advice. Shall we move on to some of the tweets? I think we've got some really good ones. Yeah, let's do it. So we asked on Twitter what the niche was of our Twitter followers. And we got a couple interesting responses. First one from Holly. And she said that she often gets bored doing the same thing. So she finds it really difficult to niche down. Some people say that you should and others say that it's good now to have a breadth of skills and she's not too sure who to listen to. She just knows that she loves so many parts of design so she's going to keep doing it all. I think that the finding your niche and like picking a certain area of design is something that comes with time. It's good to experience everything to start with so that then you know which the thing is that you connect with most and that you want to uh, align yourself with going forward. I think it could be dangerous to pick a niche straight away like when you're fresh out of design school or you know just still learning because you don't know where your skills lie yet because you haven't given them a chance to develop does that make sense yeah like I decided to switch to web design after being working out in the industry for about a year and a half because I realized that while I was enjoying doing the graphics that I'd studied at university I really saw that digital design was the future and that was what I was more interested in doing. I saw the other designer at my office working on a website and I thought it looked really interesting. So that's how I decided to make that switch and go after that instead. But that came with time. Like I didn't know that I wanted to do web design when I was at university. I think also niching down doesn't necessarily mean that you can't do anything else. Totally. That's a really good point. Like when I think of niching down or like having a niche, I think of like what I output publicly and how I present myself like I present myself as a web designer for small business owners but in my spare time I occasionally do some hand lettering or I make it like I'm doing a magazine as a side project like it doesn't mean that I can never do those other things it's just that is how I position myself like I position myself as to my niche but for sure I still explore other areas of design in my spare time. That's a really good point, you know, and that's what I do too at my job. I'm a web designer is how I would describe myself, but I don't just design for the website at work. I also design t-shirts. I design 
like signage, I design swag, I design graphics, I design ads, like it all comes together and you can use a bunch of other skills in doing that. It's up to you, but you're right. Picking a niche is about telling the world what you do and it's your public face, I suppose. So Brent says that he designs t-shirts primarily for the music industry, which is, side note, my dream. And he says, out of all the areas of design I've tried, it's what's been the most fun. I think that's important to really enjoy the niche you're in. That's what I was talking about before with doing the beauty videos. I enjoyed talking about makeup, but what I enjoy more is talking about design and the conversations that arise in the comments and on Twitter, etc. from that type of content I put out. I just find that so much more enjoyable and fulfilling. So that's why I chose it, I suppose. And it also sounds like Brent sort of had the same experience as you of trying other other different types of design before actually settling on apparel design, which I think he only actually started doing that a year or a year and a half ago, so quite recently. But already in that year, he's put out so much content about like T-shirt design. I think of him as like the T-shirt designer because that's how yeah. he's positioned himself. Totally. So I think that Holly doesn't need to worry yet about, uh, you know, picking a niche and worrying that she'll be bored if she does so, because eventually I think you will find that one thing that you just love more than anything else and that you'll, you'll know is a strength for you to market yourself in that way. Stephanie said, I can't tell how deep to dig into a niche. I'm a calligrapher and a hand letterer in the wedding industry and stationery line. Should I dig deeper? And then she goes on to say that she prefers to target a specific client rather than target a certain niche and says, if your ideal client likes X and Y, then do X and Y. Don't just limit yourself to X. I think this ties in with what you were saying before about your niche being how you market yourself. So, for example, if I was to be doing web design as a freelance business and a client came to me wanting a website, and then also alongside it needed a business card designed with the, you know, the graphics that we'd created for the website, you know, to match in with it. I'm not going to say, no, go somewhere else for that because it's easy for me to design a business card. And if they want to trust me with that service, then I can add it on and do it alongside the web design and they'll have a great experience. I think there will be some designers who don't agree with me on that and think that you should just stick to doing the type of design that you've said you're going to do. But I personally agree with Stephanie on this case and think that if the client wants more than one thing then you can offer it to them you know obviously if it's something you want to do but that doesn't mean that you don't market yourself first and foremost as x in this situation you know so I'd still market myself as a web designer I wouldn't say and I can also do this and I can also do this but if the client asks then we can talk about it and I'm not gonna you know flat out say no just because of the way I've marketed myself did, did that make sense yeah, it did make sense. And to be honest, I've never really thought about it. I, I've had a few, you know, briefs come through from clients where they want something that I don't have a skill in, like, for example, photography for a website. And, you know, obviously, I'm going to try and find a photographer to do that with, because while I probably could do it, it's not going to be nowhere near as good as a professional photographer. And also, it's not something you're interested in offering as a service, right? Like, it, just right. because the client wants it doesn't mean you should do it. I want to be clear on that. But if it is a skill you have, then, I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think when Stephanie asked, you know, she does calligraphy and hand lettering for the wedding industry and stationery, she's wondering if she needs to niche down even further than that. 
what do you think? Do you think that's already quite a defined niche or she could go deeper? I think it depends on the type of clients she's getting through. Like is every single person who contacts her, you know, relevant and to the type of work that she does? Or are there a lot of other people still coming through? In which case, if you refine, you know, your public facing niche more, I think you'll get more of the right type of clients coming in to your inbox. So, yeah, I think it depends on on what you get. The response you're getting is what I'll say. Yeah, I think you can go like as deep as you want to go and just see whether it's successful or not. And this is actually funny because I was looking yesterday on a photographer's website. Uh, she's a photographer based out of Hawaii and she did a friend's wedding of mine uh, in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, she used to do like traditional weddings. She'd fly around the world and do weddings. And I hadn't visited her website in about a year. So I went and just checked it out because I really love her photos. They're very beautiful. And I've noticed that she's since repositioned herself as what she's calling enchanted weddings or something like that. And so now she only specifically does like non-traditional weddings. So weddings that might be on the top of a cliff or like, I don't know, in a cave or something like very, very different non-traditional kind of weddings. And I find that really interesting. Like that is quite a niche that she obviously, like it's obviously working for her because all of her photos are like, beautiful locations of you know women in beautiful dresses and so I think that's a good example of showing that you can go really deep and still be successful. Yeah and I bet that she came to that niche from seeing a lot of those types of clients coming in so maybe if Stephanie has a lot of a certain type of wedding industry client coming through like Perhaps, for example, she has a lot of same-sex couples coming to her for her designs. Maybe that could be a niche that you focus on. Totally. I think it totally could. If you see a certain type of person or a certain type of client always coming to you, like, and that is filling up your inbox more than another type, you know, within the same, like, niche in quote marks that you are in currently, that could be a way to focus it down further and connect even more with those people and get even more of them coming in. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, nothing else to add. I agree. (laughs) So any last advice on choosing what niche you want to create for yourself? I think first you need to find out what you enjoy because you you don't want to define yourself in a box of something you don't like doing. So I think that's probably the most important thing is sort of trying out different things like you know if it's design trying out a few different areas of design if it's content maybe writing a different maybe writing a few posts on different themes or if it's YouTube trying a few different types of videos like tutorials or DIYs whatever and sort of seeing what sticks and what you really enjoy doing and it's about the process as well right especially when it comes to content like you have to enjoy the process not just the end result and so find out what you like doing and find out what type of audience sticks with that like what type of audience resonates with that and I think that will help you define your niche and I think I'm almost getting there so (laughs) soon yeah I would say pay attention to the comments pay attention to who's responding pay attention to what clients are coming in your inbox and see which ones you're most excited about which ones you enjoy, you know, which conversations you enjoy best and work out ways that you can 
inspire more of that, I suppose. And definitely start broad. Like, I think it's okay to try a bit of everything out first before you choose what to go down. So with Camilla and moving from print to digital, I would start off with uh, designing websites or even designing, you know, PDF documents or something. I don't know, anything in the digital space. Just start, start doing it and see what you like best. And from there, you can pick exactly what type of websites you want to create. And there you can pick exactly what type of clients you want to make those sites for, etc. And you can just slowly refine it more and more. And I don't feel like you need to target a super specific focus niche straight away from the get-go because you could be limiting yourself and you don't want to question yourself. Like you want to be sure of what you're doing, right? Because otherwise it could be erratic. You could end up changing constantly because you're not sure you're doing the right thing. So the more certain you are of what you're doing and the more you enjoy what you're doing, the better your content and your designs will be. Great advice. Well, Fem, where can people go to find us online? You can go to designlife.fm and there you'll find our website. We are still slowly making some tweaks and improvements to the website. I know a couple of people have asked for some kind of archive page where you can quickly search and find an old episode. So we are working on that. Awesome. And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes there and join our mailing list. We send out uh, emails with new episodes every single Monday. They'll be in your inbox. So do that and we will see you in the next one. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well because honestly getting this feedback and conversations with people about the topics is so cool, Mm -hmm. right, Fem? Yeah, it's what makes the show, I think. Yeah, definitely. So head over to at designlifefm on Twitter and chat with us. See you next week, Charlie. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.